He got stuck in that bathtub and couldn't get out, and then it just overflowed with diarrhea around him. It just came up from the crevices. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's... I did a report on him in eighth grade, and that's what happened. <laughs> well, uh, everything I needed to know about history, I learned in the ninth grade. Yeah, um, it's all good, actually, this history. All of history is good, yes. Yeah, that's what they... That's the motto. That's that saying that they say is, don't worry about history because it's all good. <laughs> is that how they taught history in Catholic school? Um, that's just how they teach history in American school. Fair enough. But I don't like history now because of what it's done to me. What has it done to you? Well, I don't know. Just look at me. Uh... <laughs> Fair enough. All of history had to happen to make this occur. <laughs> From the first fish that crawled to land to the moon landing and on, all that had to occur so that we can make this podcast. It's quite something. And look what it's done to us. <laughs> so let's not talk about science on the Rainco Report. Let's talk about magic and witchcraft and demons the things i did learn about oh okay well welcome everybody to the raincoat report this is boss here with jeremy it's the fourth week of fright it is and hello would you say that you're four weeks worth of frightened at this point yeah for sure um nothing else i don't think anything frightening has happened to me but uh film wise yes we went and saw the evil dead oh yes we did that scared me a lot yeah you were, I heard your teeth chattering <laughs> from a couple seats away. Yeah, I had to sit next to a stranger. Oh, yeah. And I just heard him uh, sniggering sometimes. <laughs> Which is fair. It was, it's a funny film in some ways. In some ways, yes. Yeah. This film that we're talking about today is not The Evil Dead. It is not. It's The Exorcist. It, it sort of is. And also a non-sploitation movie. And also pornography, and also tale of incest. Yes, brought to us by uh, Andrea. I'm gonna guess it's Bianchi. Andrea Bianchi. Uh, he gave us the delightful films uh, such as Burial Ground and uh, Strip Nude for Your Killer. I was thinking about. As I was coming into your house, I was like, oh, yeah, because I was saying, I was out there, I was like, how do you say it? And I was like, Andrea Bianchi. And I said it enough that I was like, oh, yeah, he also did Burial Ground. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten until uh, I started trying to say it with the uh, the young man played by a not-so-young man. Yes. Uh, yeah, Burial Ground is a zombie nightmare the likes of which you've never seen before. Uh, strip nude for your killer uh, does the popular thing amongst other giallo films of leaning heavily into sleaze, but it does so at a completely different level than most of the other films of the era mm -hmm. and begins with an abortion on screen and ends with an anal rape joke. So, Wow, I need to watch that one. Uh, it is... It sounds great. Nothing else you're going to say can dissuade me. It is delightful. 
Uh, and of course it has, uh, and I know, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Edvig uh, Vinich or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, what is she, French? Is she Italian? Where's she from? Um, she's broadly European. And she's she not is a broadly European woman. She is an <laughs> Algerian-born Maltese Sicilian actress. I told you, it's broadly European. It's also a little <laughs> African, that's uh, where Algeria is. Yeah. But I think she's, her parents are just European. But, uh, you know, she was in great films such as All the Colors of the Dark and uh, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward for yeah. uh, Sergio Martino. Yeah, so we're dealing with some some heavy hitters of the Italian industry. Uh, yes. Well, a heavy hitter. Edwig Finit is not in this one. No, uh, she was in Strip Nude for Your Killer, which is worth seeing, but... Uh, this film, which I still haven't introduced yet, is uh, Malabimba, uh, subtitled The Malicious Whore. Yes. Malabimba di Satana. So this is from 1979, and like the other films of Andrea Bianchi's, uh, this film is insane, and uh, we'll really dig into it, but uh, we tell the story of... Uh, you know, the sexual awakenings of a young woman. Yes. And uh, demonic possession. Yes. It's a fantastic little film about a very horny young woman who spies on other people. Uh, yes. For yes, the most indeed. part. And then the demons are there as well. The demons are there. And we'll see how they collide. And it's really a, a lesson not to meddle with the dark side. It is, uh, and we get to learn a bit about sacrifice and uh, the power of the Lord. Oh well, yeah, that too. It's um, it's a thoroughly Catholic film. And uh, you know, always uh, being kind to your family. That's very important. Um, if you're not kind to your family, especially the ones who uh, have passed on, well. History's fine, and don't worry about it. <laughs> that's right. That's the <laughs> the uh, American history standard. Yeah. So, I don't see any connection between the events that go on in this film and something that might be like referred to in the past within the film. No, not at all. They're just it's all just random incidents. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a spiral of happenings. Yeah, nothing matters. Yes, nothing uh, is connected in any way. And that might be the most frightening thing of all. One of these days, we'll all just blink out like light bulbs and uh, we'll be nothing. We won't be living forever. We won't be living again. We won't be looking back, thinking about our memories. We'll just never be ever again. Yeah, and none of it mattered. And none of it ever mattered. So history's fine and everything's okay. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, with that sort of delightful, uh... You took it dark. You took it darker even than me. With that sort of inspirational, uh, message out of the way, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back to get into the details of Malabimba, the malicious whore. No, 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 vattene via, non ti voglio, via. Via, mi fai male. No, no, vattene, mi fai paura. Oh, oh. 
It's okay, but to catch everybody up, uh, I was playing Metroid earlier when Jeremy walked into my home, and so now he is showing me uh, Metroid fan art off the internet. I don't know what this one is. Uh, Oh, I know what this is Erotic fan art, to be clear. Okay, I'm going to show you one more, and then we can get on with the show. This one's one's another crossover. Uh, (laughs) Do you know this dog? If we're staying on theme, I guess it's the dog from Duck Hunt. It is absolutely the dog from Duck Hunt, and it appears to be sucking. I think it's Ridley's dick. Oh, Ridley. Okay, I yeah. couldn't really tell. Yeah, it's uh, they've obscured enough of the body, but if you get up real close, you can see they've got scales and a, a three clawed, uh, three toed claw <laughs> like on the the box of the old game of the NES, the SNES game. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's, there really is anything you want on the internet. You can find it. Can you imagine what Malabimba would have gotten up to if she'd had the internet? I can't imagine. She got up to so much with no access to she never uh, even direct left, pornography. And she never even left her house, really. Yeah. So, God. So who can even imagine? There's a very, like, um... <laughs> There are a lot of these that are, like, Ridley just, like, bent over with, like, big, plump cheeks and giant old balls. Yeah. And his big, fat donut of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad we review old porn mostly and not this kind of material. I think that that's the argument that I would make for a Patreon show, where we could just go into random types of other erotic entertainment in quote marks because what i just saw is ghastly and disturbing this is uh ridley just kind of impaling samus on his uh just giant cock it's just coming out of her mouth like in uh, sex in the comics yes uh so i I appreciate the detail that went into his massive balls hanging below her yeah and she's also like she's all swollen up i guess from cum probably yeah she's got her uh, Hands balled up real tight. Do you think that's like enjoyment? Is that what that is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like she's enjoying what's happening here. I don't know. Uh, I, if, I give a lot of. Uh, I think I can actually post this on Instagram because it's a cartoon. So maybe I'll, I'll leave it up to the <laughs> listeners to decide if this is erotic or not. Um, I feel like our Instagram's going to. That's going to get flagged on Instagram. No, if it's a cartoon, you can just post whatever you want. Really? It's Yeah, it's the Wild West. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Yeah, because it's just a drawing, I guess, so whatever. Um, anyway, let's talk about something we do know about, <laughs> which is malicious whores and demons. I need to close this site, because otherwise I'm just going to get distracted by like the animated ads in the corner, <laughs> where there's just uh, like cartoon women getting plowed by like orcs. the latest one i saw this week it was on Pornhub, and it was something about like 
this technique can increase your penis in minutes, but it's somebody pouring uh, apple cider vinegar on their dick. Yeah. That, that seems to be the implied solution to not having a big dick, according to a banner ad that I chose not to click on. They shouldn't just give the secret away in the ad. They really shouldn't. I feel like there's probably more to it, because I'm pretty sure you can't just pour apple cider vinegar on your penis and have it make your dick bigger. Do you have any? Not currently. We'll have to go to the store after this. Okay, we'll go to the store. I'm going to go there now, actually. (laughs) So Malabimba opens up with some landscape shots of a river stream in the countryside, and uh, we get our credits. The credited director is Andrew White. Yeah. Um, the film's Italian, though. Yes. Like, it's in Italian, so I don't know why he changed his name for this one to a very American-sounding name. I don't know. Okay. Mysteries. <laughs> so we cut inside, and there's a seance going on, so we're kicking it off in high gear. Yeah. Uh, I believe this is Daniela running the seance. I thought Daniela was his wife. See, I, I could have swore I saw Daniela used in two spots. So, I don't know. So, we have a medium running a seance. Yes. We'll I think just leave trying, it at that. I think the medium is trying to channel Daniela. That might make sense. Because Daniela is Andrea's dead wife. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, so the medium is calling out to Daniela, trying to reach out to spirits in the house. She says she senses a presence in... She says she senses a presence in the house, and we see a door swing open. She says it's a woman. And then she starts crying out, No, no, I don't want you. Go away. Yeah. She explains that it's an evil presence and continues to tell it to go away. She says, You're scaring me. It seems like the people in this room have varying opinions of what's happening. A couple of them seem to be enjoying this for theatrical value, and a couple others seem... Uh, genuinely startled by it they do they and this is all this scene also marks the first appearance of the wiggly wire instrument sound you know what i'm talking about oh yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what else to call it it sounds like a noise from scooby-doo and i think they also used it a little bit in the evil dead okay yeah um it's just a good spooky sound it might i don't think it's a theremin i don't okay. know what it is it's a spooky wiggly sound <laughs> I think its origins might be explained later in the film, though, so okay, we'll, we'll tease that out. The medium finally collapses onto the table, and then she sits up and starts talking in a, in a more gravelly voice. It's at this point she appears to be channeling something else. She starts telling everyone they're spoiled rich pigs, and that they've been spoiling the name of the family. They're rotten and putrid. As this is going on, there's, like, wind blowing through the room, and then we see one of the guys' zipper unzips. Yes. And uh, another woman's uh, top flies off and her dress blows up. Yes. Uh, the, the medium screams and falls back onto the floor. We see uh, things continue to fly around the room. There's a suit of armor that's kind of dancing around. Sounds of disembodied laughter throughout the room. Yeah. The piano keys play a little bit. Yeah, it's a really well shot scene. I really enjoy it. It's a very effective haunted house stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The camera flies around and candles blow out as it goes and Yeah. 
which I don't know. Also, remind I just because I saw Evil Dead. Also reminds me of the Evil Dead with the camera that kind of zips along everything. I feel like maybe uh, maybe this was the primary inspiration for Evil Dead. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> This did predate it. It did. I feel like there's probably not a world where Sam Raimi saw this, but I don't know. I feel like there's a world where maybe he could have, but I wouldn't bet super high on it. Yeah. It's not as well. It's because they didn't have the, the, the thing yet. The steady cam or whatever. Right. They didn't have that yet. So they it's not quite as uh, flashy, but it's good. Right. I like it. We see a POV camera flying around the room, and then it starts to go up the stairs and down hallways. We hear the wind roaring. And then we see Sister Sophia in her room. Uh, Her doors blow open, and uh, we see her back into the corner and cry out as we get disembodied heavy breathing, which we hear a lot in this film. Yes, she's been overcome with the, the horny spirit. She has, because she starts to smile and caress her breasts, then works her hands down to her crotch and kind of rubs over her dress, and then she slowly brings her dress up to reveal her panties, which she rubs the outside a bit and then reaches into. We hear her soft moans as she's doing this, but we also have this disembodied heavy breathing going on. She starts crying out no and has to kind of force herself to pull her hands away, holding them crossed above her head. We then see Bimba, our uh, young woman, who is in bed asleep. Then her window blows open and we see the objects in her room start to blow about, including a racist African pot that I saw. It's like a weird mug or pot or something. That's beautiful. Uh... To have like a how is it racist? It looks like a stereotype of like a witch doctor or something. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen. Uh, it's a, a black face with like you know, <laughs> yeah, like a bone through the nose. I've seen a cup before that I would describe as a China man. <laughs> it's uh, and that's what it looks like. It's like a yellow skinned like. Oh boy! Slanty-eyed guy with like a little like Fu Manchu, and it's just like like a little like a beer glass. And it was at a bar that was local for a while, <laughs> and uh, I think my friend stole that one, and I stole one that was a tiki head because <laughs> he wouldn't give me that one, even though that was the one I desired. <laughs> um, just so I, I just wanted it so if a ghost ever came around, it would blow it and knock it down, and I would be like. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Not for any other like purposes. <laughs> you want you want racist memorabilia that a ghost could potentially destroy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would like. Vengeance from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> we see Bimba grab her giant teddy bear and hide in a corner. Then there's this like robotic stuffed dog that starts to bark and march around. Uh, But it's like barking towards Bimba almost menacingly. (laughs) Uh, We continue to hear that disembodied breathing as she stares at the dog. Then we cut straight from that to her outside the next day. Bimba's walking a path uh, outside her home, her castle, almost. Yeah, it's it's their castle. 
their family castle. Oh yeah, it is. They did specifically say castle at one point. Yeah. yeah. So she's walking around the outside uh, grounds of the castle. Mm-hmm. She's uh, reading while holding her uh, teddy bear. Bimba notices some rustling in a bush, and then she stops to look at the bush for a moment and then carries on. Then we see her dad, Andrea, watching from the window. He's talking about how she's never left the castle, and she's becoming difficult and problematic in her teenage years. Yeah, she's posting a lot of, like, edgy stuff on Twitter. (laughs) Just, you know... She's posting like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like she's very problematic. <laughs> you need to cancel Bimba. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Andrea is talking to his mother, Bimba's grandmother. He explains that they're going to have to sell the castle, but she says that they can't do that because it's been in the family for generations. He explains that they can't pay their debts, but uh, his mother suggests that he could get money from his brother Adolfo. The thing is, Adolfo is in a coma, and his money is being controlled by his wife. uh, Nice. Nice, yeah. Yeah. I think it's how you say it. N-A-I-S. Nice. Yes. So Andrea's mother suggests that Andrea could marry Adolfo's wife, Nice, to get the money. She asks, who would stop him? That way, Adolfo's wealth can stay in the family. Andrea doesn't take kindly to this. He points out that Adolfo's paralyzed, but he's still alive. His mother says, not for too long. (laughs) He asks how she can say that, and she seems certain that it's critical for him to keep the castle in the family. Andrea, however, talks about how his dead wife is still his focus. As they're finishing their conspiracy talks, Nice walks into the room. She catches the very end of the conversation and seems to get the gist of it. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this film where people are overhearing things or eavesdropping and walking in the end of a conversation because everyone in this family is a bunch of catty bitches. Yeah. So Nice is uh, being really flirtatious with Andrea. She talks to him about the seance and says it must have been an ancestor. She continues to flirt a bit, and we cut back to Bimba, who's outside and examining another bush that shook in front of her. She looks in and sees some snakes in there and runs off panicking. And you'll note that when she uncovers the snakes, they're making that noise. Yeah. So I think that's where it comes from. That's the instrument they get. It's a serpent. It was like... um, Something you could play, it'd be like, you buy a Doors album, and you look on the back, and it's like Rain Man's Eric on The Serpent. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't know. They'd probably, Jim Morrison would probably play The Serpents, like in a kind of, uh, like a maraca sort of fashion, I imagine. Just kind of yes. double fisting them and just kind of swinging them about as necessary, and they make that noise. <laughs> and... It's good for soundtracks for horror movies, apparently. (laughs) Nice continues to flirt with Andrea when Bimba runs in, telling her father about the snakes. He tells her to calm down and that there haven't been snakes around in years and so on and so forth. It's at this point that Sister Sophia walks in and uh, Andrea sends Bimba off with her to (laughs) deal with her. 
Andrea is still being distant to Nice as she flirts with him and finally she gets frustrated and walks off. We cut to dinner and we see Sister Sophia feeding Adolfo uh, spoons of whatever into his mouth. Just some glot. Um, so he's not like he's not like in a coma, is he? Because if he was in like a coma, he couldn't eat the glop. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At, at another point, he just said he was paralyzed. So. Yeah, uh, and he can't talk either, though. He definitely seems to have some conscious reactions of certain he, sorts. Yeah, his eyes his eyes dart around a lot. Yeah, people will still just talk about him like he's not there. I guess maybe his like brain functions, but like everything else is just like dead. Right. So he's just trapped in a hell. <laughs> <laughs> So we see the rest of the family around the table, and also the mediums there. Um, they determine, for whatever reason, that Lucretia is the name of the spirit that they were talking to at the seance. And she asks if there's been anything like that in the house before. They said no, but they've never had a seance in the house before. Nais starts talking about the history of Lucretia as everybody else keeps trying to change the subject. They're less interested in all of this. Yeah, they don't want to rehash all this old family drama. Someone points out that Bimba isn't there, and we see her walk in shortly thereafter. Yeah. She tells everybody that she doesn't want any soup, and her grandmother says that at her age she'd have three portions of soup. Bimba says at her age she was fucking her father's friends. Oh, yeah. uh, in a growly voice. Yeah, the voice of Lucretia. She uh, reaches over and grabs the server's dick and says something about him fucking Maria with his dirty dick. Who's Maria? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I maybe thought the was... server's the server's wife or something, or maybe like a different servant. Maybe that we don't see. At first, I thought it was the the nun because I hadn't caught her name. Right, she's Sophia. So Maria, if you're out there. Speak up. Yeah. Make yourself known. If you're out there. We're doing a seance right now to get her. <laughs> Andrea walks over and slaps Bimba across the face. So Bimba takes off and the grandmother suggests his sister Sophia go see Bimba. Andrea says he doesn't know where Bimba got that sort of language and Nais seems to think he's making a comment about her and they start to bicker. Nais says that they treat her like a whore, but they have to accept that she's part of the family. She thinks that they blame her for everything. They kind of um, do. Yeah. So it's fair. It's justified. Andrea yells at her for, as he feels, uh, insulting them and her husband. She says she hasn't had a husband in five years. She has a living corpse with wealth. She then points out that she knows their plan to have Andrea marry her and take the money. Andrea walks away saying he's going to go check on Bimba. So we see Sister Sophia laying Bimba down in her bed and telling her not to cry and that sometimes people lose their temper. Bimba slowly looks up at Sophia who smiles at her and reaches up to touch her face. Her hand glides down Sophia's breasts, at which point Sophia jumps up and asks why she did that. Bimba says, to shit on you, you whore. Yeah, she loves getting her mouth spit in, so I don't know what she's complaining about. <laughs> 
We cut to Andrea walking around, and he wanders into Bimba's room and sits on the edge of her bed. And then she spits into his mouth. <laughs> Andrea apologizes for slapping her and asks if they can forget what happened. Bimba cries and asks if he can forgive her, and they hug. We cut to another room, and we see the fireplace going, and we see Andrea reading in bed. We cut to Bimba in her bed, and she jumps up awake, and then we see her approaching her dad's bedroom in her scant nightgown, where we can see her nipples through it. Yes. Uh, we then see another door open, and it's Nice showing up in Andrea's room in a black robe. He asks what she wants, and she asks him why he's got to act like that. She asks him if he has any sleeping pills and mentions it was a hard day. He says he'll check to see if he has some. We then see Bimba sneak up on a balcony to watch her dad's room through the window. Andrea says that they don't have any pills. She asks for some scotch. As she waits, she starts to open the bottom of her robe and uh, drape it around her leg. We see her thigh high is propped up. When she gets to the drink, she sits down and reveals her lingerie to him and then unclasps the front of her bra and lets her tits out. Andrea tells her to cover up. She says it's just her legs and her breasts and keeps teasing him. He continues to tell her to cover up, but she tells him to get a good look and not just stand there. She's caressing herself and we see more shots of Bimba watching. Andrea tells Nice to take her whiskey and go. She reclasps her bra and laughs. She starts to walk towards the door, but then stops to tell him he needs to relax. She suggests he may be impotent, uh, but then turns around and tells him that he'll be thinking of her tonight and for him not to masturbate or she'll feel guilty. Then we see another guy in another room. I don't know what... Who, this guy's name is yeah, he's not, not really important to the plot no he's just like her like lawyer <laughs> Nais walks into the room and throws her robe open and starts to unhook her thigh highs the guy asks her where she's been and she asked who let him in there he knows that she was talking to Andrea and says that Andrea's a wimp he calls her a slut, and she starts to pose in front of him and tells him to make an offer then. He walks up and kind of stares at her for a moment and then slaps her in the face. Then she falls to the bed, and he calls her a whore. She says he'll have to do better than that if he wants to fuck her, so he keeps slapping her and calling her a bitch and a masochist. Yeah. But uh, uh... she continues to antagonize him and calls him a pussy. Then they crawl onto the floor, and uh, he mounts her doggy style. And this is where we see our first hardcore inserts into the film. Lots of yes. close-ups. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. They integrate them relatively well. Yeah, as far as movies with inserts in them, yeah. these match. Yeah, these match mostly like what's going on like on the screen when they cut back to like the actual film. It, right. It works out pretty well. But they're definitely, you can definitely tell they're still inserts. Yeah. We see some close-up penetration from behind here as Bimba's watching through a window somewhere outside. He ends up pulling out and she rolls over onto the floor. Nice laughs and asks if that's all his virility can offer her. 
Yeah. She says he's the real masochist and he's going to feel her nails. So she starts to scratch his back up real hard and leaves marks all over it and talks about how he came and she was still far from climax. She asks for him to give her his hand and she guides him through fingering her as we continue to see Bimba watching them. This goes on for a while and he finally tells her to come and she has him lick her breasts. We then see Sister Sophia outside and she runs into Bimba and notices her watching things. Bimba turns to Sophia and asks if she's spying on her. Sophia says she isn't, but Bimba runs away to her room. She throws herself onto her bed and pauses for a moment before grabbing her stuffed bear and pulling it into bed with her. She starts to kiss the bear and rolls over onto it. Uh, And then we get some close-ups of her crotch with panties on as she starts to rub the bear against her crotch, and uh, we hear more disembodied, heavy breathing. This is a popular thing in adult films. Uh, Yes. Yes, and um, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess it's it's an attempt at capturing innocence, but... I don't care for it. <laughs> Every time it happens, I'm like, I wish this weren't in here. <laughs> After a bit, she pulls the bear up and squeezes on its crotch area a few times before jumping up and then uh, grabbing a pair of scissors and stabbing the bear's crotch repeatedly with it. We then cut to a shot of the bear with a candle sticking out of the hole in its crotch. Yeah, she did surgery on her bear. Yeah. Which is fine. That's Uh, normal teenage stuff. (laughs) Grandmother's upset and says that they never should have called the witch into the house. And the medium walks in and heard this and gets all upset, yelling that she'll be leaving and sending them an invoice. I told you. Everyone's just always lurking in the wings, waiting to take offense. Yeah. Nais tells Andrea and his mother that no teenager is a saint, and Andrea seems to agree there's nothing to really be worried about, but the grandmother seems less sure about that. Andrea says that he'll talk to Bimba, so we see Andrea walking around outside calling for Bimba. He finds her hugging on a tree and quietly sulking. He asks what she's doing, and she talks about the plants breathing. (laughs) He asks her about the snakes, and she says she made it all up, and she apologizes, saying that she knows she's been difficult, and asks if he can forgive her. He says yes, and asks for a kiss. He leans in, but then Bimba starts to get real tonguey with her kiss, which makes Andrea's eyes get real cartoonishly big. Yeah, she gives him a big ol' smooch. And then she reaches down and grabs his crotch. Yes, and he's not into it. No. Which is understandable. (laughs) So he runs off. We then see the family prepping for a dinner party. Everybody's dressed up real nicely. Nais asks where Andrea is uh, as the medium gets somebody to give her a ride back to town. Yeah. Andrea's quietly thinking outside and Nais walks up and says that he can't run off like this. He says that he has a lot on his mind. Nais asks if he talked to Bimba. He avoids the conversation. The medium climbs into the car and starts telling the person driving about how the people there are terrible and they leave. (laughs) 
that's basically the end of that storyline. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. She's out of the film now. Nais points out that Bimba started talking the way the medium was when the spirit was speaking through her. We then see Bimba in her room and we hear that disembodied breathing again. We then see her walk into the area where they're having the dinner party in her long nightgown. This Bimba, is uh, very reminiscent of a scene from another popular movie about demon possessions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The main one. Bimba then gets in front of everybody and starts yelling at the room that they're filthy pigs and pulls up her dress to reveal her naked body calling the room a bunch of hypocrites after like 30 seconds her grandmother starts to yell at her to cover herself (laughs) yeah they they're all in shock Um, it actually doesn't go as far as the exorcist because she urinates all over the floor I believe yeah yeah And I had kind of transposed those two memories together, and I was like, hey, I thought she peed, but she doesn't. (laughs) Sad. It is sad. There is definitely not enough pissing on the floor in these films. Everyone's (laughs) always in a bowl or on a flower, never just straight onto the ancient uh, rug. Instead of peeing, Bimba just kind of moans and shakes about a bit. And then we cut to daytime where Andrea is talking to a doctor who's leaving. He seems to be pretty dismissive of what's going on and points out that it could be a reaction to her losing her mother. We cut back to Bimba and she's moaning in her bed as lightning striking outside. She stumbles forward in her room holding her stomach and kind of falls onto the floor. She then unbuttons her shirt and starts to caress herself, rubbing her legs. We continue to hear the disembodied breathing and see flashes of lightning. She pulls her panties down a bit and starts to rub herself. And uh, after a few moments, she kind of stops and we cut to Andrea, her dad. He's in the shower hanging dong. Yeah, he definitely has a hanger. (laughs) Nais walks in and sees him, and he covers himself, asking what she's doing there. She talks about how most men look better with clothes on, but he's the exception. She throws open her robe and asks him how he likes her body. He starts talking about how there's a void in his life, but notes that Nais is beautiful. But Adolfo's his brother, and she explains that He's been in this state for five years now. She loved him too, but she's a woman and needs to live. She suggested be with Andrea. They start to slowly kiss, and then we see Bimbo watching through a crack in the door. Yeah, this movie's like a very horny Harriet the Spy. (laughs) Everybody's just always peeking in on everyone else doing something. Learning their dirty secrets (laughs) Nais falls back into the bed with just a a pair of panties on and uh, Andrea kisses down her body and pulls her panties off and starts to kiss up her legs and then uh, go down on her although we don't see anything explicitly Bimba keeps watching with a look of curiosity on her face and then we see Andrea mount Nais And uh, Bimba turns from the door and starts to caress herself for a moment. Then we see her running down a staircase and stumble around. 
she sees some family art in the hallway and continues to stumble more. And then we see Uncle Adolfo in his room. Yes. I wondered if that, like, because they focus on, like, a portrait of a woman. I wonder if that's supposed to be, like, Lucretia. Oh, yeah. But it also looks like it's, like, a portrait from, like, the 18th century. Right. Um, so I don't really know. Because, obviously, it sounds like she was still alive at some point where, like, people maybe remembered her. Because no one wants to talk about her. Right. She also might be a more distant, like, more in the past than that, even. I'm not sure. We don't get a good timetable on it. No, they leave the details on that scant. Yeah, they are scant indeed, and scantily clad. Indeed. We then see Bimba descending the staircase into Adolfo's room, and she approaches the side of his bed and sits by him. She tells him... He won't have to be alone tonight. She is going to keep him company. She says, You may be like a statue, but I think I can get you moving. She then pulls her blouse off and then her bra and tosses them onto the bed. Adolfo's just staring forward and breathing as she caresses her chest, asking if he likes what he sees. His eyes start to get bigger and he starts to breathe harder. (laughs) She slowly pulls her dress up to reveal her transparent panties, and she slowly pulls them down. She says, you like it, don't you? Take a good look at it. It's yours. She then pulls back Adolfo's blanket and starts to rub her hand over the top sheet, over his junk, which we see grow. Yeah, it's from beneath the blanket. It just grows like a little, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Bimba starts to rub her breasts uh, hanging down uh, onto the swelling erection. Then she slowly pulls the sheets down. We get a cutaway to Adolfo still breathing hard. Yes. She then approaches his dick and starts to suck it. She holds his hands as she's going down on him. We see this like taxidermy eagle watching this whole time. Yeah, it keeps cutting back and forth to that. This scene is amazing it is amongst all of the accomplishments in cinema it ranks at least in the top five yes um adding to that it's very well shot too it is like when she first goes down into his room uh, there's like a shot of like his bed and they kind of do like a little like half circle turn to kind of show like the whole space right it's got some nice deep shadows and some rich vibrant colors vinegar syndrome uh did a good job restoring this for sure yeah. It looks very nice. Um, and then she blows her uncle, so what <laughs> What more do you want? She keeps blowing him, and we hear him breathing and shuddering, and uh, we see tears streaking down his face. Yeah. Uh, finally, he sits up as he seemingly climaxes, and then he falls over. Yeah. Sister Sophia comes rushing in, asking what happened, and Bimba calls her a whore before running off. And then it appears that Adolfo is dead. (laughs) Yeah, she takes his pulse and uh, she sucked him dead. Sucked the life right out of him. Yeah, that's um, a tragedy when that happens. Yeah. It happens to so many young men every year. Bimba is running dressed with everything but her bra and her shirt being open so her tits are bouncing as she's running across the property. Very good. She collapses crying in the grass, and we see Sister Sophia catch up with her. 
Bimba cries in Sophia's arms. Then we see Sophia, the grandmother, and Nice talking. Sophia suggests that Bimba may have sensed something was wrong and went to see her uncle Adolfo. Nice and the grandma run off and Bimba kind of leers at Sophia. Andrea seems worried that Bimba was hurt finding her dead uncle. The, the grandmother suggests she'll be okay. Yeah. Nice and the guy that she was banging argue a bit and he says that Andreas just wants her for her money. They get loud and Andrea comes over and gets involved saying that he won't stand for these accusations. The grandmother says that with Adolfo gone, uh, Nais is welcome to stay with the family. The guy that Nais has been seeing says that this whole family is a nest of vipers and takes off. And I think this is the last we see of him. Yeah, the characters don't die in this film. They just exit. <laughs> Sophia says that Bimba is ill and needs to be looked after. Nais says that the doctor said that she was fine, but Sophia says that she's physically fine, but there's more to that. The grandmother then gets upset, asking if she's implying that Bimba's insane. Sophia says that she's suggesting it's actually Bimba's soul that needs help. And she says she's going to spend the rest of her time in the house before she leaves to take the veil to help purify Bimba's soul. Nais seems offended by this, but Andrea seems to think this is a good idea. We then see Bimba in bed with her panties pulled down and uh, grinding against a hat of a stuffed elf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we then see Sophia walking down the hallway and uh, cut back to Bimba naked looking at herself in the mirror. We get a slow zoom in on her bush. Bimba starts to kiss herself in the mirror, and then she pushes her breasts against the glass of the yeah, mirror. She's trying to push through the mirror. She kind of grinds into the mirror. And that's not going to make her problems any better if she's possessed by a demon and also in a mirror universe. Right. That's going to be so confusing for young Bimba. <laughs> Sophie is knocking on the door asking for Bimba to open, but she just continues to rub herself against the mirror. She reaches down and starts to rub her vagina, and we see Sophia grab a knife and try to use it to force the door open. Bimba continues to moan hard and seemingly climaxes. She backs away from the mirror, and we can see a foggy, damp spot where her crotch was. <laughs> Sophia finally breaks into the room after Bimba falls naked in bed. She tells Sophia she's sick and doesn't know what's wrong. Sophia covers Bimba with a blanket and comforts her and tells her to relax and guides her to sleep. We then cut to a bit later where Sophia's asleep in the chair next to Bimba's bed. Bimba opens her eyes to a creepy musical cue and looks over at Sophia. She gets out of bed and starts to dress quietly and sneaks out of the room. Sophia wakes up noticing Bimba's gone and then leaves the room trying to find her. We see Bimba looking in on her dad's room. Sophia tells her to walk away, and Bimba talks about how she likes to watch, and Sophia should take a look. We see Nais riding Andrea Cowgirl. Sophia says she doesn't want to watch that, but Bimba assures her that she has to. Andrea is caressing Nais's breasts as she rides him slowly. 
We get some more close-up hardcore shots of the penetration. Bimba tells Sophia it's fantastic. She says, it's all inside her. (laughs) Bimba is pulled back to her room by Sophia. But Bimba says, they'll just keep this between them. She also says that Sophia can be her friend because she cares about her. Bimba says that Sophia can join her in bed, and Sophia agrees. But before she gets in bed, Bimba suggests that Sophia takes her veil off, and she does. Yeah. She's still got a hood on, and Bimba says to take that off so she can see her hair. Yeah, let's see that hair. Take it all off and let it (laughs) bounce free. So, uh, Sophia does take the hood off and shows her hair and uh, climbs into bed. And Bimba kind of caresses Sophia's hair. Bimba then starts to feel Sophia's face and talk about how soft it is. Sophia pulls Bimba's hand away, saying that she shouldn't say things like that. She finds it embarrassing. Bimba rubs Sophia's chest and points out that she has boobs. Sophia says, of course she does, like any woman. Bimba then asks to see Sophia's legs and says that she thought that she just had wheels down there. ha <laughs> ha. So Sophia tells her to take a look, and Bimba pulls up Sophia's robes and looks at her legs, but her eyes seem to continue to be drawn higher, and she starts to look at Sophia's panties. Bimba starts to rub up Sophia's leg and then works her inner thigh a bit. Yeah. Sophia starts to close her legs slowly, but seems to stop as Bimba arrives at her crotch and starts to rub her. They exchange looks as... Bimba continues to stimulate Sophia through her panties. Yeah, and that's why they say that idle hands are the devil's plaything. Indeed. Like in that movie with uh, Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Bimba says, you like it, don't you? And then finally Sophia yells out, yes, and then no, no. And then she runs off and shuts herself in her room. Sophia paces around her room for a moment and then... Her room door blows open. Sophia asks who's there. It's the demon wind. It's the demon wind. But Bimba walks into the room nude. Sophia says she's felt this wind before. And then Bimba, talking in her gravelly voice, says that Sophia rejected her before, but she won't again. She says Sophia broke her promise to Bimba and sinned. Sophia says she didn't sin and notes that it isn't Bimba talking to her, it's Lucretia. So Lucretia, via Bimba, says that Sophia was the one she wanted, but she was too strong. But now she can't escape her. She demands that Sophia gets up and takes off her clothes. Sophia slowly stands and lightly crying and shuddering drops her gown, leaving her with only her panties and stockings on. Bimba steps forward and caresses Sophia's hair. Then Bimba crouches down and slowly lowers Sophia's panties. Then she pushes her down into the bed and calls her a whore. Bimba kisses Sophia's legs and then moves over to go down on her. Sophia continues to shudder as she caresses her chest. Bimba starts to kiss up Sophia's body and then uses her hands on Sophia's vagina. Yes. Sophia's into it, but when we see Bimba seemingly... I, did she push her fist into Sophia? I believe so. Uh, that's <laughs> what I, my note just says, the fist of Satan. <laughs> 
She, yeah, so she pushes her fist right into Sophia, at which point Sophia screams. Yes. We think... Um, (laughs) So this is like a reverse exorcism. (laughs) You know? It's like she's got the demon-infected person, or demon-possessed, I guess is the better word, has the holy person on the bed, and instead of getting the demon out, put the demon in. Yes. Yes. So it's brilliant. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Andre Bianchi. We cut to Sophia naked in bed and she wakes up. She throws on her clothes and we hear Lucretia's voice again. Uh, she's walking outside and we hear Lucretia talk about how now she's inside her and everything that's hers belongs to Lucretia now. She says she introduced Sophia to pleasure and lust, and slowly her body will become a vessel of sin. We then see Andrea, and he's walking around calling for Bimba outside. We see Bimba call out to him and run toward him carrying her bear. She appears to have returned to normal. Bimba notes that somebody damaged her teddy, and Andrea says that he could get it fixed. Yeah. Andrea notes that Sophia seemed to really help Bimba. We see Bimba and Andrea hugging, but cut to Sophia on the roof of the building nearby. She's near the edge. We hear more Lucretia talk, and then Sophia just takes a dive off the roof of the building and hits the side of the building on her way down. Very clearly a dummy. Right? (laughs) Just drops and bounces and just goes straight down. Yes. We see Sophia on the ground, and Bimba approaches. She tells Bimba that she's safe now. And then we get credits. That's fine. And that was Malabimba. Malicious whore. Yes. Yes. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll wrap stuff up on Malabimba. I'm not saying it again. make sometimes when i'm not sure if you're recording or not (laughs) well i am now okay uh so welcome back to the raincoat report (laughs) oh hello uh let's go ahead and wrap up the episode with our final thoughts on malabimba so jeremy it's time for your raincoat review it's time for your raincoat (laughs) it's our new uh slogan is it's time for your raincoat Oh, yeah. Don't forget your raincoat was, uh, people thought it was kind of, um, bossy. (laughs) (laughs) So we've devised this new one that's, uh, a little friendlier. Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's time for your raincoat. It's not as bossy. Um, anyway, Malabimba, the malicious whore, the, the, uh, cinema masterpiece of, I don't know what the... French version or the Italian version of Monsieur is. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Andrea <laughs> Bianchi. 
is probably in the annals of demon possession films. Probably one of the sleaziest entries, I would say. It is a constant delight of shocking new lows. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. um, I mean, it's not the most extreme thing ever, but... I feel like I don't know really too much about its release. I don't know if I think it was probably intended more for like the horror audience than like the pornographic audience. Um, it felt like they, they're definitely trying to do some crossover stuff like with uh, some of the other Italian films of the era, like Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. And uh, what's one of the other ones? Uh, Porno Holocaust. Yes, that's the one. Uh, so stuff like that, but I like this one because there's no zombies, because zombies scare me too much. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say this film is done in pretty broad strokes as far as the story go, story and characterization goes. Right. I feel like you kind of get the impressions of a demon possession film without too much connective material that makes the film make a whole lot of sense. Right. Which is pretty common of like Italian exploitation films of the time. So Mm -hmm. I can't fault it for that. In fact, it's one of the things I like about it. And I think this film is one that has something for just about everybody. You got it. You got your non-sploitation with the sister Sophia stuff. Right. Um, You got a little bit of, exorcist ripoff in there you've got some incest for the people that love that kind of thing right yeah uh harriet the spy play (laughs) (laughs) for people that like that uh i don't know it's just a very it's a very delightful film and the fact that it looks really good doing all of these weird sleazy things is uh icing on the cake for me Right. Uh, My review is, as usual, a little rambling, but I would say this film is well worth checking out, and I would give it, you know, I would give it a four and a half. Uh, I think very strongly of this film. Uh, We watched it before, I think for the first time, we both saw it together. Yes. Um, And that was a delight. There was a point in the film where I yelled out, Bimba, no. I think maybe when she was probably going to blow her uncle for the first time. (laughs) Um, And I just know your girlfriend still occasionally quotes that at me. (laughs) So that's how you know you've got a winner on your hands, I think. Yes. Um, It's a film that'll stay with you, much like Burial Ground or uh, probably Strip Nude for Your Killer. Once I see it, I'll come back and uh, pencil in like a little edit in the margins of this episode. Okay. Okay. Can you do that? (laughs) With audio? Uh, yes, with an audio pencil. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to get on Amazon and buy myself an audio pencil so I can go back and edit old episodes. <laughs> um, I want you to give your raincoat trivia. Trivia? Trivia. Uh, Malabimba, the malicious whore, is the sort of roller coaster ride that nobody can pre- prepare you for. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess if you know minute by minute what happens in the film, like if you had just listened to this podcast, <laughs> maybe you would have some expectations going in. But uh, it is a delightful ride through the world of Italian filth, which is one of my favorite worlds in the world. Yeah, of the mini in the multiverse. It's your, your favorite universe is the Italian filth universe. 
Indeed. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of films uh, in the crowded area of Italian filth. Yes. And it takes something really special to stand out amongst those rankings. And uh, Joe D'Amato did this multiple times with the uh, Black Emanuel saga. Uh-huh. Um, and Andrea Bianchi did this with Malabimba for sure. Yes. Uh, it is a film unlike any you will ever see. And for that reason alone, it's worth seeing. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the most successful film at eroticism. No. But what it is successful at is keeping your eyes glued to the screen and uh, ready to take a ride to Crazyville, which this film makes multiple stops in. Yes. Uh, the eroticism of this film is unhealthy. <laughs> yes. And I think that's where the horror comes from. <laughs> it in is. In the end. It is a lot of the horror in the film, indeed, yes. Yes. But I just I can't say enough about how everybody needs to see this. Yes. Uh, narratively, it's kind of just duct taped together. Yeah. Uh, not incredibly strong, but serviceable. Yeah, it, it gets where it's going. Uh, it certainly does. With... <laughs> I do like that it kind of, the film does kind of undercut itself sometimes when characters just leave instead of maybe like killing them off like you would expect in a horror film. (laughs) Yes. And then having the demon almost win just to be thwarted by her jumping off a roof. Right. Uh, But it does that in such a way that that is almost part of its, uh, the joy of the film. Yes. And you're like, okay, well, nothing's, nothing horrible is actually going to happen in this really. Right. Uh, you, you figure that out eventually. <laughs> but that's all part of the joy of Malabimba. Yeah. And I would give Malabimba four out of five stars. Excellent. It is a delightful romp and uh, something everybody should experience if they like to have their brain melt on occasion. Oh, yeah. My brain's good and gooey right now. <laughs> it's just from the film and nothing from nothing else. <laughs> So, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, raincoatreport at gmail.com if you want to send us the porn that you find in your walls or uh, in pits behind your house yeah. in the woods. Yeah, pits, stumps, uh, sewer logs. pipes. Yeah, just where, stick your head and stick your hands in any hole you find and send us what you find. <laughs> uh,. Subscribe to our podcast, rate it and review it on whatever podcast platform you use, and uh, tell people to listen to it. Demand that they listen to it. Demand it. And say, hey buddy, it's time for your raincoat. (laughs) Is that the end now? Yes. All right, goodbye. Bye. (laughs)